Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. You're listening to the Bellarmine Forum Podcast. I'm your host and president of the Bellarmine Forum, John B. Manos. So do you hear the marching feet? Can you hear the churn? Cultural change. The the social activist community organizing thrust of progression and transformation on our society. If you didn't see it yet, there was a blog post I put up, and it, a lot of it had to do with this poor priest, Father Rothrock, up in uh, Indiana. He sees it. He recognizes what it is. And much like the Bolsheviks, 1917, that busted open store windows, looted, attacked the police stations, said they would become a citizen patrol. Father Rothrock wanted to warn his parishioners what was happening in front of them from the so-called movement Black Lives Matter. He identified sedition and revolt for what it was. He called the organizers maggots and parasites. You know, our Lord had colorful words for the Pharisees, did he not? Heck, he even had... uh, fashion whip cords to drive the money changers out of the temple. Funny how everybody forgets about those things when it comes to something like a pastor who wants to act like our Lord in some ways and warn a sheep of error, and he can't use colorful language. No, 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 no. The media bit back, and uh, they tried to, present it as if he was calling the people supporting it maggots and parasites. I I think, in my opinion, not at all. As a matter of fact, I think it's a far stretch from that. Really, 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 really. I mean, the title of his post on the parish website was The Lady Doth Protesteth a Bit Much. Clearly uh, referencing allegory in literature. But the news media drag his poor priest through the mud and uh, another group uh, approached the bishop and said they were going to start protesting the parish. You know where it ends up. He wound up suspended. And as a matter of fact, the statement that I saw from the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana said that he will no longer be pastor of that church. Pray for him. Pray for the bishop. That's a mess. But what's causing this? What's at the bottom of all this is Marxism, particularly American breed of Marxism. And when we look at the more people have been talking about it, in fact, uh, I feel quite timely, the Bishop Strickland of Tyler, Texas, he's been out there warning people that Black Lives Matter, the movement, they have a website, um, if you go to it and you click donate, it takes you to Act Blue, a pack, a super pack, and the money goes to the Democrats. That's interesting in itself. But more importantly, on their website, they have what we believe, and we just see this litany of Marxist, Marxist oppression, Marxist revolt, Marxist thinking. Any article 
I flesh a lot of that out and bring quotes to it. What it's strange because uh, it's not a whole lot about color. It's mostly about anything you want to believe. They support it. You have the right not to be oppressed, even you know, as a queer gender affirming, and they're against the nuclear family. In fact, I want you to go to the blog post. I'll link to it in the show notes. And I want you to see this group is nothing like what you think from the slogan. It's just another cog in the Marxist red wheel of, of revolt. You know, and, and one of the quotes in the, in the post is, I love it, Leo Thirteenth said it the best. Inciting to revolution is treason, not only against man, but also against God. You know, anyway, let's go back to the beginning. When was the first revolt, the first revolution, the first transformation of society? Well, the tradition, the positive faith tells us it first occurred with the angels, led by Lucifer, Satan, who said, I will not serve. He convinced a bunch of other angels to follow him, and they were oppressed by the old order, by God's order, by heaven. And they wanted something different. They attacked the police. You know, St. Michael's the patron of police. And uh, I guess there was some looting and fighting. And all we know is that he was cast out of heaven by St. Michael. Then our first parents, Adam and Eve. The revolution continued. Eve's told, you don't like that old order, do you? What did Eve do? I posted about it before. Even in a previous Bellarmine Forum podcast, it just blows my mind. Because some translations of the Bible omit this. As I've gone back to older Catholic translations and even homilies on the Genesis by church fathers, it's in their homilies and it's in the text. Eve said, when the serpent said, what did God say? Eve wrote back, lest perhaps we should die. Now, that's not what God said. God said, if you eat that fruit, you will die. Eve changed it to be perhaps. She made a compromise. That right there, the compromise, is what ushered in the most oppressive system we've seen in our world, death and original sin. We can't get away from it. We can't change it on our own. That was the real, that was the revolution. That was what brought in the oppressive old system. Mother Church, if you go back and you look at the Baltimore Catechism or other catechisms and everything, they always start with this idea. You were born into a system that's unfair. Why is it unfair? Because you were marked for death from birth. You might say that uh, you didn't have privilege. And the church tells us that God so hated this old system that he decided to change it. You say it every Sunday when you recite the creed or if you say your rosary daily, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Say your rosary because you say the creed at the beginning and you hear about God became man. Jesus Christ became the God-man. Why? To break the chains of death. 
to break the control of hell, to be a counter-revolutionary against the revolution of Satan, dragging the whole of creation down to hell with him. The first herald of all this was John the Baptist, and what did he say? Repent, make straight the path for the Savior's coming. Be baptized and follow him. Church used to repeat this frequently. It's funny how in the new liturgy that's not as strong of a statement as it was in prior times. Matter of fact, I was talking with a priest friend earlier this week, and he brought up the point. He thought I brought it up to him, and now we're not sure who brought it up first, that churches used to have St. John the Baptist prominent in every Catholic church. And this is why. It's a reminder. You were born into an unfair system. God became man, died on a cross, and rose from the dead. And you become baptized to get the gifts to escape that unfair system. Listen to some bishops these days. One very prominent one in the country is out there just today telling people they need to be acquainted with Black Lives Matter as a movement and that they need to end systemic racism. I agree. We need to focus on the real, universal, injuring everybody, original sin, the unfair system. The church has the tools that she was given by God to free people from that. This replacement in front of us, though, this counterfeit salvation of some sort of utopia that we need to struggle for, we need to fight, we need to raise our fists and break store windows, and we need to replace the police. That's not coming from God, is it? And in the article, I go through the Soviet Red March and a lot of things, and it's pretty interesting because even the Seattle group, which was a communist hippie called out in the 60s, You read their stuff. It's always a fight against the family, against oppression. Very crude quote in there that says, you know, nobody be free unless they're free from color discrimination. The Marxists for a long time have taken every ism and turned it into, it's unfair. It's unfair. We need to get rid of the old system. But what's the old system they want to get rid of? Could be uh, Madame Blavatsky who came out of Russia. She talked about We needed to return to antediluvian times. And even the rainbow from certain movements that are out there, brought it up in the past, you know, they want to go before the rainbow. One of the things that the rainbow is used for uh, gay pride and other sorts of things is it's the same reason that the Rosicrucians and the Theosophists, which were born out of the heirs of Russia, use it. They want to go back before the flood. They want to go back to a time when Nimrod, Tower of Babel, and all sorts of chicanery and offenses to God had occurred of all manner. That's not what we're after, is it? No, we believe in the real promise of our Lord that He can give us what we need to get to heaven and through his death and resurrection and the sacraments he's given the church. If you follow him, you're freed from 
the unfair system of death and original sin, and you can begin to dwell in heaven. That's the real utopia, right? I think it's pretty rough that uh, a lot of our clergy isn't saying that. Now, I mentioned Bishop Strickland. He's out there. He gets it. And if you follow Our Lady, Our Lady Fatima in 1917, she appeared and she, what's one of the first things she does? She shows the children how. Why? Because it's real. People go there and it's terrible. That's systemic oppression. Talk about a place where you never get rest. That's where our mother church used to tell us. You don't want to go there. And if you do these things, here's how you avoid it. That's not to say that, you know, other particular sins are wrong things that people do. We don't change those by brutalizing people, by throwing revolts and revolutions. And we certainly don't change them by uh, subverting the state. As is being suggested to us by these citizen patrols and these other Marxist tools among us today. They don't do anything. And everywhere that this has happened in the past 120 some, 100, 100 some odd years, we've wound up with oppressive totalitarian states that have killed hundreds of millions of people. Sort of like the one that Cardinal Zen's in now. Mao, you know, I saw uh, Father Rutler this past weekend and put his thing out and he said that Stalin killed 20 million and Solzhenitsyn had said it was somewhere between 60 and 100. There's always this fight over how many people were really killed in in the Marxist Soviet regime. But one thing we know for sure is that Mao killed just as many, if not more. Up to a quarter of a billion people just from totalitarian states that all started with, you know, busting a few statues up and being upset about being oppressed. Certainly seems like a trick of the serpent to have people asking to be oppressed by saying they're fighting oppression, doesn't it? Now, the freedom offered by the church through the sacraments and through our Lord's action to redeem us, that's what we want and that's what our church should be teaching. Now, I just freshened up an old post by Frank Morris of Blessed Memory. Uh, and he went through, in the 90s, he went through a number of changes, political changes that were happening at the time, but he brought up a key named Gramsci, Antonio Gramsci. And, you know, we had Father McBrien, I don't know if you number of younger people or if you just weren't paying attention. Father McBrien wrote a book on Catholicism. He was one of the truest places that we see this American idea of kind of community organizing, social activism really kind of ironed in wholeheartedly in the church. And it gets down to the problem of replacing the redemption the church offers with social action. You know, it's kind of funny because it's, uh, that's how the devil does it. That's how Fulton Sheen brought it up. Instead of working on virtue within, our Lord said, you know, the kingdom of heaven right within you. 
But some people think they have to bring about utopia and they're going to have to do it through labor and revolt. That's the work of the devil. That's the work of not being with our Lord. That's the work of somebody who no longer understands the work of grace in our lives. Well, McBrien wrote this uh, quote, to bring the gospel to all the needy in the world, not only through words, but through solidarity and action, and thus through praxis of liberation, is the very nature of Christianity. A lot of big words there, you know, because they hide behind kind of like this praxis of scholarship by using big words. You know, praxis of liberation. It's made up. There is no such thing. Orthopraxis might refer to when you make the sign of the cross during a liturgy, how you're to hold yourself. What does the priest do? That's praxis. It's literally what you do. A praxis of liberation is the, and it sounds like liberation theology, right? Well, that's precisely what it is. But it's making this uh, uh, charade, or if, I guess if we're going to say it like Europeans, it's a charade. It's a charade. You know, it's a front. Makes it sound nice, and you get the busybodies that walk around with their proud shoulders. And, I'm going to engage in a praxis of liberation. That's not what our Lord asked for, is it? He said, come follow me. He didn't say, go out and march. That's what the zealots wanted to do, and what he do with them? He ignored them. But then you get into this. That's why I like this uh, Frank's piece, because it's, it's, this is when it was still awkward. You know, today it's kind of smooth. Deliberation, theology, the motion of social activism, the community organizing, they've, they've refined their uh, awkward scholarly words in a lot of ways. And sometimes it seems like when you read some of those things that these people aren't from the same church. The problem is when you get into a number of pews and from people seeing these words all the time with lay action, lay involvement, you know, citizen patrols, readers. Thank God for the coronavirus, right? Let's just change topics for a second. One of the, I mean, in some ways, I just saw a thing again, and it was a bishop ordering his diocese. I mean, thank God. We regret to tell you that the sign of peace is still suspended. Hey, let's just end it forever. That was the dumbest thing anybody thought of. But how can you be good Marxist in the church unless you have citizen patrols, citizen action? Mm. Praxis, orthopraxis, traditionally, you wouldn't shake each other's hands and do all that. You save that for the coffee shop after mass, down in the Rotskeller over a beer. You don't do it during liturgy. You're there for liturgy to worship God, not each other. So you can see McBride's quote, praxis of liberation. Liberation from what? From God. All Marxist stuff goes right back to the serpent. Wants to separate you from God. Why? Because he is. thought you'd like this little bit uh think again about the uh officious sounding language here here's another mcbrien quote theologizing 
The church's activities on behalf of social justice or human rights are not merely preparatory to the real mission of the church, as the notion of pre-evangelization had it before Vatican II. The church's commitment to and involvement in, bingo, listen to this, the struggle for social justice, peace, and human rights is an essential or constitutive part of its mission. Blech. Blech. Aren't you sick of that stuff? I'm so sick of it. I've been hearing this since I was in high school. And it, it has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with improving your life or anybody else's. Almsgiving it's a good way to do it. Praying, I, I know. If you've been praying your rosary, I already know. You have plenty of stories about major things you've been able to change around you, in the world about you, and for other people by praying for them and praying your rosary for them. That's not how Marxists work, though. You have to be busy so that your mind can't hear those still promptings of God towards holiness. So what happened to St. Peter? What did he do? He ran up to the fire after he betrayed our Lord. Or Judas, we go into Judas all day long. But this idea, you know, I put everything down on the Marxist and the, and the, and the Leninist type revolution, but it's actually a blend of the two. And this is where Frank Morris's stuff comes in because he melds the idea of Gramsci. And without Gramsci, you don't really get this subtle, officious sounding kind of uh, mm, pseudo scholarly approach uh, to, to uh, apostates. You know, that's what it is. You know, it's this whole talk about the schism in the church. Well, it happened with the apostasy in the, in the 60s and the 70s with the hippie Marxists sloughing off real belief in God and liberating themselves from isms. It happened, you know, and Our Lady warned, Our Lady confirmed at Arkita, she said the church will be full of those who accept compromises. Could that be like a cardinal of the church saying, Christianity's too hard, we should just let divorced and remarried go receive communion? That's a compromise. Father Hardin brings that up, that that's one of the reasons the devil's so strong today is the Judases in the church. Gave three reasons. He's incredibly popular post we had uh, on the Bellingham Forum, Wander Forum Foundation, Why the Devil's So Strong Today by Father Hardin. The three reasons. One of them is the Judases in the church. Judas was worried about helping the poor, wasn't he? And he was worried about it at the cost of worshiping our Lord. When the woman broke the ointment and anointed our Lord, she was worshiping him because she recognized him as the Savior. And what did Judas do? Judas said this ointment could have been sold and given to the poor. What would we call that? A praxis of liberation, right? It's that juxtaposition. Judas couldn't stand seeing it spent on God. The same way that these liberation theology, praxis of liberation types, community organizers in the church can't stand to see real worship of God. Coincidentally, did you notice that recently? Uh, we got one of the bad hymnologists of the 20th century, you know, the uh, 
gone on and on about that in the past. The Gnostic uh, crap music. One of them's gone. David Haas. Big, big, big announcement a couple of weeks ago that uh, due to scandals and uh, the inability of uh, uh, the music service for the church uh, to separate them from the scandals, that you know they're cutting his songs out. So we can go back to coronavirus. That's another good thing from coronavirus. Because right now there's aren't any of those crappy hymnals in the pews because, see, those might spread the virus. So we got rid of the sign of the cross. We got rid of those crappy hymnals. I was in the grocery store. I'll put this picture in the show notes. I had to laugh because there was a, uh, in the deli, a big store chain down here in the deep south where I am. It's not Kroger's like it is up north or Meyer or one of those. It's Publix. I know that we get a lot of listeners in uh, Florida and some other places. You guys know what Publix is, but I was laughing because I'm by the deli counter and there's this booklet on top. It's uh, their catering guide and it had a picture of uh, some chicken and some hands on it, but it was the title, Gather and Serve. And I just thought, oh, it's a Catholic hymnal here in the deli. Because that's what we've all we've been doing. We've reduced it to a meal, a community thing. But those hymnals, I guess I'll have to kick them all out now that David Haas has had his troubles. I don't know what uh, all has gone on with his uh, scandal, and I don't even know what all the allegations were. Uh, some sort of improprieties. Um, apparently, you know, they must be pretty bad for it to rise to a case where somebody actually did something. Seems like none of those things. <coughs> Whirl, <coughs> McCarrick. <coughs> <clears throat> seems like <clears throat> burning <clears throat> seems like a lot of those things just get uh, ignored right or not dealt with or otherwise uh, just nothing happened so i'm not sure we did doesn't matter music was crap it never should have i mean and i'll get somebody to say you shouldn't say that about him though things were done to worship our lord no they weren't the, the lyrics themselves weren't you know and I, it's kind of the problem we have with poor Father Rothrock. He's trying to tell it like it is, and the only reason he was suspended is he used harsh language, calling those people maggots and parasites. He didn't call those people maggots and parasites. And if that's the case, if that's the standard, then why why did our Lord call him a brood of vipers or a pit of vipers? And it depends on the translation. It's not much different. And you know, and St. Paul the Cross, he, he, he went on and on with harsher language. I could go for it. You know, give me enough time and I'll go through the fathers of the church and I'll find you much harsher things that were said. The standard of the church is that our Lord became man, suffered death, that he might conquer death by his resurrection. And once you are baptized, follow him. As St. John the Baptist said, he will lead you to eternal life. God is our Redeemer. Nowhere in the gospel or even from the... I've never heard of a praxis of liberation. Our Lady of Fatima warned us to children, pointed out that hell was real, it's terrible, and it's forever, and people go there. And we need to pray. Pray our rosaries daily. Believe in the real presence of our Lord and the most blessed sacrament of the altar. Make reparation for the sins, for our sins and those of the world. 
That's how you save the poor. That's how you liberate people from oppressive systems and regimes. You don't do it through uh, what Gramsci, he suggested, putting aside concern for Catholicism as a teacher of doctrine or a body of belief. Those things I just told you, he said, you know, we need to put that aside. And concentrating on it as a potential ideological or political vehicle, which could be put at the service of the new communist order proposed by Marx. Mm. Comrades, if you don't want to accept practice of liberation, you don't join the perpetual revolution. You'll be beaten. You'll be suspended. You'll be silenced. We don't do it, you know, ever since the Fabians and the work of the 20th century, it doesn't happen. You're not sent to Siberia. You're sent to a virtual Siberia. Just gotten rid of, canceled, sent packing. Well, Frank Morris described it as a Marxist virus and it would spread and infect the church. He said that uh, almost 30 years ago. Think like the coronavirus that spread and kept people out of the church, the Marxist virus infecting our church today, protecting the revolution, being part of the revolution, trying to put activism in front of worshiping our Lord. That's the real virus. That's the real threat we're dealing with. The answer is in praying our rosary, believing in what our Lord revealed to us, and asking the Blessed Mother to help. It's not part of this cultural revolution occurring in front of us. It's not by becoming the police ourselves. No. Pray your rosary. Pray it daily. I'm going to get into another one. You know, we're pulling up a lot of work that the Wander Forum Foundation has done through the years because we're seeing it all play out in front of us today. Gramsci was one problem. Marx and Lenin and we're seeing it, how it affects our bishops. But there's one more. And I'm going to tease this a little bit. You know it from seeing Wander Form stuff, but none of the readers didn't follow these things before, and they see a lot of it come out. There's one more character and group that just got tons of cash pummeled into it by our bishops. They hide. They play a game these days. But I think you're going to like what I'm going to give you later this week. We're going to talk about the other character. If Gramsci's to the mind, then this person's to the hands. Stay tuned. I'll talk to you later this week, and we'll get into who that might be and just how much money, millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions by this point, has just been put into liberating the poor with your money. Uh, You know, at this point, you should know poor haven't been liberated they've been funneling it into subversion brainwashing as father harden said menticide the revolution stay tuned later this week we'll get into that and how these things work and why poor father rothrock who's trying to tell the truth would be ostracized vilified and kicked out by the church God with a prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Our Lady of Kita, pray for Cardinal Zen. You've been listening to the Bellarmine Forum podcast, a production of the Bellarmine Forum, a nonprofit public charity founded in 1965. On the heels of Vatican II, to be an enclave of confusion-free Catholicism, cutting through the confusion, smoke of Satan, and the errors and empty promises that are so rampant today from secular humanists, Marxists, the heirs of Russia, and everything Our Lady of Fatima warned us about. To remind you to say your daily rosary, this program is made possible through an anonymous benefactor who asks you to say your rosary daily. This program is distributed for the greater glory of God and the honor of the Blessed Mother. Amen.